Well, hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Corn on the Macabre. I'm Katie Adkins. I'm Kelly. And we're here to convert you to join our cult. Yeah. Yeah. Join we, now. Um, we have cookies. We offer more than just cookies, though. We also make other baked goods. And lots of tequila. Lots of tequila. Tequila flavored it's cookies. Tequila tequila flavored brownies. Tequila flavored brownies. Tequila flavored cake. We just have it all. Anything we you ha- could possibly want. Obviously, everything you want is tequila, and we have it right here, right up here for you. Mm-hmm. Wow, people are going to think we're alcoholics. I'm fine with that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know well, you are. You know. <laughs> 20 years from now, we're going to be like, remember when we were alcoholics in our 20s you know. and we were in denial by joking about it? Dress for the job you want. <laughs> Dress for the job you want. Yeah. Absolutely. You mean drink for the job you drink want. Drink for the job you want. Drink for the job you want. That's how it works. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'm trying to think what else would we offer in our cult. I feel like like required anime viewing. Absolutely. Like... A full discussion on Game of Thrones. I feel Um, like our cult is actually every high school's anime club. Yes. But we have a secret flask of tequila. Right. Like, so the best club. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's what puts us ahead of the rest, so. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, so fun thing, since we're on the topic of cults, I don't know if I ever talked to you about this, but we have a friend who I won't say his name on stream just to be a decent human. Mm. But did I ever tell you that one of our friend's girlfriends used to be in a cult, like ex-girlfriends? She used to be in a cult, and she didn't even know she was in a cult, and we all had to tell her she was in a cult for her to quit. This sounds vaguely familiar. Because it was nuts. So uh, Sammy was there for this too, and we were both like, I think you're in a cult. So it was here in Georgia, of course, middle of nowhere Georgia, because what else would you be doing in the middle of nowhere Georgia? Like joining a cult, obviously. She's really, this girl in particular is really religious, and she thought she joined a church, but they all lived together and wore fucking uniforms. They weren't like all obviously cult matchy-matchy, it was like a dress code kind of a deal, so it's like... She just saw it as, like, dressing appropriately. Mm -hmm. But then when she said that she lived with them, I was like, what? (laughs) What church do you – what church makes you live with them? I was like, uh, I'm pretty sure you're part of a cult, dude. And she's like, no, they're really nice. It's just a thing. And I'm there for an internship. She thought she was – she thought it was an internship. Call the police. (laughs) (laughs) She needs to call the police. She's in a cult. Anytime that an internship requires you to live there, you need to get the fuck out. (laughs) I was like, are they really paying you or is it just like free room and board? Like, what is this? And so our friend who was dating her at the time had to be like, look, you're in a cult. I'll help you leave. I just, nothing bad happened to her, but it was weird. I think if she'd stayed long enough, it probably probably would have gotten crazy. Yeah, I'm know. sure. I, I mean, cults all start out with uh, fun and games. They don't all end in murder, but the ones worth talking about do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> or sex trafficking. Remember that shit with uh, Nixium? Yes, 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 yes. I actually, um, someone, I think it was Buttermilk Bob, he sent a article to the Discord about it, and it was um, one of the women who was in it talked about her... Um, 
her experience in the cult, and it was, like, really creepy. Yeah, dude, remember I told you I listened to that podcast where she, like, straight up gives a first-person account. I don't know if it's the same person, but I assume so, because she went public as shit. Well, this this woman went by an alias because she didn't want her name actually attached to it. I'd be curious to know. So, I don't know. Now I want to check the Discord and look, because I am unsure. She was one of the slaves, the sex slaves. Oh, well, then no. Different girl. She went by Sylvie as an alias. No, different woman. It was a woman who was, like, a high-up person. No, this girl was, like, one of the slaves. And she was like, I was disgusted with myself. I still am disgusted with myself. Like, it was really gross. And, like, they made her take, like, gross lewd photos and whatever. uh, Obviously, to, of course, use for blackmail and stuff. Did they brand her? Probably some of the women. Probably they didn't go into that much detail in this article, unfortunately. But she mostly like talked about her like awkward sexual encounters. Well, that's a story and a half. That yeah, that is a story and a half. I get a lot of interesting stuff in the Discord. Like here, I'm seeing uh, horses as meat eating killers. Not a cult, but something I want to go back and read. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I read this, or I heard this thing today that was like, there are three things that um, qualify something to be a cult. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there has to be, like, basically a messiah, a leader. Yes. There has to be a leader who is very charismatic and very, um, I mean, really, it's just charismatic, and very influential, um, very persuasive, who is able to convince a group of people about, number two, a series of beliefs. Okay. Um, that they need to follow, whether it be religious or otherwise, which I'm sure we'll cover later. And then there was a third one, but I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should have written it down. It was interesting. So cults have to be religious is what I picked up. Oh, for no. Sh- no, they don't have to be religious? They, it has to have some form of... Some form of belief. Belief. System. Belief. 100%. Because there are some cults where it's not necessarily, I guess, a religion, but, like, they believe. Like, there's UFO cults. Mm-hmm. But like they don't that. worship UFOs. They don't worship UFOs. Um, Scientology, in my opinion, is a cult. Scientology believes that uh, we are all actually aliens disguised as humans, and we forgot that we are higher beings, and being a part of Scientology is supposed to help you, like, realize your true alien being self. Apparently, you're an immortal being, and you don't know it, and since you don't believe you're an immortal being, you can die. I mean, sign me up. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. I mean, the whole, like, religion was created by a science fiction writer, so, like, okay. I mean, all they're missing is tequila cookies. All they're missing is tequila cookies, and you know what? We would have signed up yesterday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, tequila cookies sound disgusting. They sound so gross. They sound so gross. Don't do it. Edibles are not made for alcohol. You want to know? I had a tequila cupcake one time, and it was really good. It was at a wedding. Oh. It well, was like, it was, there was, they had a little shot of tequila. Inside of it? Yeah. So did you like shoot it and then eat the cupcake? No, so it was like a little like squeezy tube thing that had the, what's, what are those things called? Like the drippers? Uh, I had tequila in that. Okay. And then it was like a lime and like something else flavored cupcake and you would like squish the tequila in the middle of the cupcake and you eat it. It was like a little... It was really good. Someone get me one of those. It was super good. (laughs) This is what happens sometimes when you go to Mexican weddings. (laughs) A good Mexican wedding. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> it was pretty great. Still a lot of cool and fun, crazy traditions that they do at weddings that I've never seen at any other wedding. But that is not American a cult. American weddings are just so, so bland. <laughs> we're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, American weddings are just like, here's some stuff from Pinterest. We're going to, like, symbolize our love with mason jars and ribbon. Is that what your cult is about? Yes, it's in the mason it's jar. It's, it's the, you know, like, uh, the Freemasons? It's Freemason jars. <gasps> yeah. Nailed and it. And so we control people by controlling Pinterest and all of the trends for weddings and events on Pinterest. Oh. So if you went in on the know-how, you have to join... Yes. The Freemason jars. Oh, I already did. Oh, just now? Just now. You were initiated. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page. Oh, my God. Uh. I once <laughs> stayed at a church for, like, several months, and we went every Sunday, and we had to follow protocol, and we, like, drank blood and ate flesh. Does that count? Yes. Well, then I was in a cult. <laughs> 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 my personal cult story. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> All about it. it. I'm honestly surprised. I was a little disappointed. I looked, I, I searched specifically vampire cults. And you couldn't find any? And I couldn't find any good ones. They were like lame. Okay, so there's two. There was these teenagers who committed, they killed their parents and they believed that they were vampires. And then there was another who called himself like the vampire king. Uh, so he his he had his own belief system that was a mixture of Christianity and vampirism because he believed Jesus was a vampire. <laughs> Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my savior. And uh, <laughs> uh, they're gonna be like, wow, these girls are really religious. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he did this within his own family. He didn't bring outside people. It was just within his own family. And he got all of the young women in his family under his care pregnant so he could have, like, more kids to, like, raise and stuff. Mm. And, like, he killed a bunch of them and tortured a bunch of them, but basically he, like, believed himself to be a vampire. And there it got to a point where there was, like, 20 of them. Like, there was a ton of them. And they all lived in this creepy little commune, you know, and uh, they all made him... He made all of them worship him and follow him as, like, a vampire king. Hmm. And, like, it was fucking weird. That sounds weird. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. You might not have found that many vampire cults, but you did find our calling. (laughs) Did I? You found our calling. We're starting a vampire cult. We're starting a vampire cult. Yes. (laughs) It's Buffy and the Boonies. Buffy (laughs) and the Boonies? And you're all our Scoobies. You're all our Scoobies. You get to be Scooby initiated. And you bring our Scooby snacks. But they're like covered in blood or blood looking stuff. Or it's just wine. Or it's just wine. We drink it and we're like, "Mm, I mean, is Vampire vampire the Masquerade count as a cult? Oh, God. (laughs) No, so the teens that killed their parents um, were obsessed with Vampire the Masquerade and they were in Florida. <laughs> I take no responsibility for this. <laughs> I'm not responsible for my state. Honestly, shocked they didn't live in New Orleans because that's where all the like vampires You'd live. Think where's the voodoo cults? I'm sure there's a ton. I'm of sure they are. Oh wait, mine's kind of 
We'll, we'll get there. Okay, okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, I was say, should I go first? Should you go first? Oh, I How went first two it? times in a row, so I think All right, it so now it's my you. turn. Let's get down to business. Let's, I want to hear about your anthill. Let's get down to business. Yeah, we have to give each other little spoilers ahead of time because sometimes we pick things the other person already knows. Yes. Yeah, like we did today. Like how I almost did an entire presentation on the Solar Temple, and Kelly's like, I know everything about that. And I'm like, well, let me scrap everything I just did for the past two hours and start over. That's, that's why I texted you this morning was like, hey, this I is what I'm doing. didn't think about it. I was like, what are the chances of her knowing all of these cults and knowing this one specifically? Because there's so many. Yeah. And at first, when I first looked into it, I didn't think the Solar Temple was that interesting until I saw the photos and was like, what are these nerds up to? Plus all the Mass fucking... suicide. Well, not even. Like, the, they were forced suicides, which, um, that's homicide. Well, okay, 15 of them did poison themselves. Yeah, absolutely. There were suicides, but there were also, like, a ton where they were just like, hey, they you were... gotta kill yourself. And they were like, ah, nope, didn't sign up for yeah. this. And like, yes, you fucking did. Well, I know in a farm shed, in Switzerland they found a bunch of people they were all laid out in a circle and they were drugged with bags over their heads because they believed they supposedly believed the bags uh, was representation of like how we're harming the world and stuff and that they voluntarily put the bags on their heads is what like oh I think I remember that coroners I remember the body parts being in, like, a symbol, like, White Walker style. Yeah, they absolutely were. And um, they also found some kids off to the side dead in a row. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, they were all, all, like, in a circle and in a symbol, and they put, like, body parts in a symbol. Anyway, that's the cult that we both Anyways, almost did today. That's the cult. Yeah, <laughs> we both almost did the same cult today, and that was it. So now we both picked two different ones. So that's the one... I guess we could talk a little bit about it. I say we have time left over at the end. We have time left over. We're gonna discuss the solar temple, which is which really looked like the photos. Look it up. They look like a bunch of nerds initiating some sort of LARP. Like it does. It's really it's it's unfortunate color choice is what it is. It looks like some Monty Python shit. It's even dorkier seeing like the higher ups um, wear like gold robes with like their glasses and like clothes from work that day, holding a fucking sword. I'm like, oh my god. Like, I get it. Y'all are horrific murderers. I think they're hardcore. But you look stupid. (laughs) You look ridiculous. Okay, to be fair, all cultists tend to look stupid because they're all in a weird uniform. Like Heaven's Gate. Not mine. Oh, mine... They wore matching stuff, but they didn't really go in detail what they wore. It was just, like, matching tunics. Okay. wasn't anything fancy. Well, tell me more about it. Let's go. All right, let's go into mine. So, mine is the Ant Hill Kids... And I don't know if you noticed this, but I noticed there are a stupid amount of doomsday cults leading up to the year 2000. There are so many doomsday cults. It was because of that one date, um, 2021? Was that it? 2012. 2012. It was 2012. It was 2012. It's not 2021 because that hasn't happened. Well, what's weird is so the Solar Temple believed it was the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. And then this group in particular I'm about to talk about, which are nicknamed the Ant Hill Kids, their leader believed the world was going to end February of 1979, which is, like, weirdly specific. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Let me pull up my notey notes. 
The Ant Hill Kids, created in the mid-70s by... Oh, I spelled that wrong. That is not... His name is not Rock. <laughs> it's like Rock. They're, they're French-Canadian. Oh, boy. French-Canadians are fucking nuts. These names are gonna be fun. I have read multiple cult stories today alone that take place... In Quebec. And I'm like, why are you on Quebec? Because what else are you going to do in Quebec? Solar Temple was also in Canada. Okay. And, you know, France and Switzerland. All over the place. Okay, sorry. I got to stop talking about the cult. I'm not talking about it. Theril. Theril. Can we read this? It's French and I hate myself. Wait, where is it? Roch. Roch. Theril. I think it's pronounced differently. Theril. Theril. Thoreau. We're gonna call him Thoreau. Thoreau. That sounds I like good. it. It sounds it sounds good. It sounds French. So uh he created his little cult in Saint Marie, Quebec, Canada, and he believed that the world was gonna end and it would be brought on by the war between good and evil, which is vague as absolute hell. Like, what does that even mean? Did he go into detail about it at all? No. He was just like, the war of good and evil. The world's going to end. And if he did. And if he did go into detail, I couldn't find that information anywhere. All I could find were the awful things he did. I can't believe he didn't interview any cult members. (sighs) You know? (laughs) He was exceptionally charismatic and convinced a group of people at a church he joined to leave their jobs and homes and join him in a side religious movement. So, aside from the church they were all a part of, he was like, just kidding, come with me, we're doing this other one. Okay. He officially formed the cult in 1977, and his goal was to form a commune where people could freely listen to his motivational speeches, live in unity, equality, and be free of sin. He prohibited his members from remaining in contact with their families and with their previous churches. Somehow, he convinced them that this was against his values of freedom, which makes no sense. Don't even know where you would begin with that argument. That you contacting your families in your church is against freedom. Right. Uh, I guess he convinced them that they that their families in their church had them shackled. Yeah, to keep what them is from doing what they wanted. Real world or whatever. Yeah. So all followers also had to wear identical tunics to represent equality in their devotion for the commune. He believed the end of the world would come February 1979, and he used the commune to prepare for it. So in 78, he moved his commune by hiking to a mountainside he called Eternal Mountain, where he claimed they could all be saved from this apocalypse. He made them build their own town while he relaxed and compared them to ants working in an anthill, naming the group the Ant Hill Kids. Oh, God, I hope they had t-shirts. <laughs> what do you mean? Ant <laughs> Kids, what up? <laughs> up in Eternal Mountain. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we built this mountain. So they built a whole town, just them, using the land. And their ant powers. So it's probably a really shitty looking town. Because I doubt these people are like architects? contractors or yeah. architects or builders of any kind. Um, But anyways, in February of 1979, the apocalypse, spoiler alert, did not occur. Uh, So members started questioning his wisdom. He defended himself by saying that time on Earth and God's world were not parallel. Therefore, it was just a simple miscalculation. He probably used the whole God created the world in seven days 
argument. Yeah. That seven days to God is different from what we consider seven days. So in order to expand the community and keep members devoted, he married and impregnated all of the women. Just all of them. Wow. Yeah, he married and impregnated all of them, fathering over 20 children with nine female members. In 1984, he then relocated them to Burnt River, Ontario. Thoreau began to move away from being a motivational leader at this point, and he developed a pretty terrible drinking problem. Also, I just realized that I know how you pronounce that name now. It's how? Thoreau. It is thorough, isn't it? It is. It's thorough. Fuck. Well, All right, thorough. <laughs> we learned. We learned as we went. This is a learning podcast. It is. We're, you, you listen to us learn every week. And <laughs> we, we appreciate We appreciate we you. We love it. Thank we you. We appreciate you listening to us. You're probably sitting on the other end screaming, it's thorough. <laughs> oh, my God. But here we are just. But now we know, and now we're going to Learning at our own speed. And we're going to sound French from here on out. We're going to sound so <laughs> French. At this point, he just throws everything out the window and becomes a complete dictator over the lives of his followers and develops even more irrational beliefs. Members were not allowed to speak to each other when he was not present. I'm assuming, they don't explain why, but I'm assuming it's because he's probably scared of them, like, plotting against him or something. Yeah, probably calling, like, saying, hey, yeah. guys, our collective father. Because his apocalypse didn't happen. <laughs> right. Like, so, our dad is batshit crazy. Our cult, yes, because his <laughs> Our cult leisure, a.k.a. daddy, is fucking nuts. Because at this point, the whole cult is his children. Um, they're all five, I guess. Um, <laughs> like, goo goo fuck this. <laughs> Cuckoo Gaga, fuck this. I'm crying, get away from me. <laughs> oh my god. He also, oh, also they were not allowed to have sex with each other without his permission. Why would you? <laughs> That's crazy. Let's all just screw each other since this, he's screwing well, us there's right other now. I don't, there's other people in the cult right, who the other, aren't children. The other 11 that aren't their nine mothers. Well, I guess, nope, they're still related. I don't know the total number of cult members that number was not given to me. The way it was described was he fathered 20 children with nine female members, and then it said, comma, by the 1980s, he had 40 members, and it made it seem like it was related to, like, the female members or the children. Mm Mm-hmm. But he definitely had more later than that to begin with. Okay, so there was it was probably forty total. I mean, including the nine women, but probably not including the children yet, because they. Yeah. I mean, they were part of it, but indirectly, they didn't realize, right? They didn't make yeah. the choice. Yeah. Also, it'd probably take a couple years for nine women to birth twenty children. Yes. Yes. Like, give. Can't assume they were all popped out at once. You just can't. You can't. You just can't do it. All right. Uh. That'd be really upsetting if it did, though. Could you imagine? Oh my God, the mid uh, the midwives are just like Jesus like Christ. Why? Could you imagine the crying babies? No, and trying I won't to sleep ever. in that tiny, poorly built town. I mean, I'd cry too. We would all be crying. Here's where it gets fucking nuts. So yeah, they were not allowed to speak to each other when he wasn't present, and they weren't allowed to have sex with each other without his permission. 
Thoreau used his charismatic talents to cover for his increasingly abusive and erratic behavior, and none of the other members questioned his judgment or blamed him for any physical, mental, or emotional damage because I have no idea why. I guess they were that brainwashed. Probably. Um, Thoreau began to inflict punishments on followers that he considered to be straying, so he did this by spying on them and claiming that God told him what he learned by spying on them. And he's like, I know all this stuff because God told me, yeah. not because I'm a creep. So he was like, God told me what you did. I know you're thinking about leaving. When in reality, he was just spying he on them. He was just being a creepy deep. Yeah. So if a person wished to leave the commune, Thoreau would hit them with either a belt or hammer, suspend them from the ceiling, pluck each of their body hairs out individually, or shit on them. He, he would he would he would poop on him. <laughs> He's starting to sound more and more like a preteen in a video game. Oh yeah! Like, isn't this all the shit that they're He's gonna, gonna like, teabag you. you. He's gonna teabag you. He's gonna teabag you. you so hard. Oh, also the Ant Hill kids—they raised money to live by selling baked goods. Tequila baked goods. I See, <laughs> fucking called it. We were already in. We know how to make a cult. And members who did not bring in enough money were also punished. It, was it the body hair or the shit? Because I feel like... He liked to switch it up. He, he, he liked to switch it. He liked to switch it up. He liked to keep it interesting. So over time, Thero's punishments became increasingly more violent and extreme, including making members break their own legs with sledgehammers, sit on lit stoves, shoot each other in the shoulders... And eat dead mice and feces. Okay, so does he offer a class? Because I can't even convince somebody to pay my rent. (laughs) Okay, but have you really tried? That's... Did you really apply yourself? Oh, really? I did. I did back in the day, but then I didn't. Dang, Kelly. It didn't work out for me. Hustling. I guess I wasn't... I'm not cult leader material. I'm sorry, I might need to bow out. I don't think I'm cult leader material either. I think I, I think I could only go so far before people were like, wait, we see holes in your story. I could okay. convince them that I'm worth worshipping and then convince them way faster and way easier that it's actually bullshit. <laughs> so. Yeah. Sometimes a follower would even be asked to cut off another follower's toes with wire cutters just to prove loyalty. Uh, wait, uh, I have questions. Did they, did they offer up their toes? I can't imagine. I don't know the Maybe details. Maybe that was the punishment. You didn't sell enough cookies, so Sharon's gonna take your little piggy. He's never going to market. He's gonna go all the way home. He's gonna. He's not. Yeah. No wee 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 all the way. He's gonna go. This, yeah! is, so, this, is, this is so fucked. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's. I think it's really this funny is- how I chose this one because another one I looked into, which was Children of God, I thought was too dark. <laughs> But it's because... It's, in different ways. It's dark in different ways. That whole cult is literally about how pedophilia is okay, and it was really fucking creepy, and yeah. it was all about child sex trafficking, and that makes me very sad and uncomfortable, and apparently, this cult is so bizarre and out there, I don't feel the same way. And plus, it'd be really hard to even attempt to make that mildly humorous. Yeah, like, you can't. You can't. You can't. At least this one has, like, piggy references and Fortnite. Bizarre torture. Yeah. Did you say Fortnite? I was, I was thinking about teabagging and oh, Fortnite came to my head. Every time I think of teabagging, I think of, like, Halo. Call of Duty and Halo. Yeah. 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 Should have gone with Halo. Yeah. All right. That's because we were. But Fortnite is more modern. 
I'm trying to keep up with the time. Yeah. Can you teabag in yeah. Fortnite? Okay, thank you God. Can. You can teabag in Fortnite. I'm, I succeeded in both making myself seem modern and then not at all. The abuse extended to the cult's children at this point, who were sexually abused, held over fires, or nailed to trees while other children threw stones at them. Wow, they really They would it. nail them by the hands to trees and have kids throw rocks at them. Jesus. I mean, literally. One of Thero's wives left a newborn child outside to die in freezing temperatures to keep it away from the abuse. So she was so scared. I, I read this in another article, too. It was actually a blizzard. Um, she was so scared of the baby being abused, she left outside in the cold to die. She left it for the White Walkers. She did. It was an offering. It was an offering. It's better. Honestly, yeah. Sounds like it. I mean, yeah. Thoreau attempted to backtrack to the original religious mission of the commune after a while, and he started to uh, begin to strongly believe in purifying his followers and ridding them of their sins through abusive purification sessions. Because that's how you do it! Where the members would be completely nude as he whipped and beat them. So basically, he's just trying to come up with more reasons to continue to abuse them, but convince them to stay by being like, this is for your own good. Thoreau claimed to be a holy being, not fucking surprised, and started performing unnecessary amateur surgical operations on sick members. Oh, wow. To then demonstrate his healing powers. Oof. Oof. I'm going to go ahead and take a shot in the dark here. That did not go well. Oh, no, it did not go well. Mm-hmm. Get ready. Because this is going to surprise absolutely no one. I'm kidding. It's going to surprise maybe a lot of people. This was just not what I expected when I read up on cults. I did not expect to read up on uh, experimental surgeries in the woods. So these surgeries included injecting a 94% ethanol solution into stomachs, or performing circumcisions on the children and adults of the group, both male and female. Um, oh. In 1987, social workers removed 17 children from the commune. Wait, wait, wait. Where's the rest? Oh, here we go. Yeah. Removed 17 children from the commune. However, Thoreau faced no repercussions for his abusive acts. In 1989 is when follower Solange Bouillard complained of an upset stomach. Thoreau laid her naked on a table with no anesthesia, punched her in the stomach, jammed a plastic tube up her rectum to perform a crude enema with molasses and olive oil, and then cut open her abdomen and ripped off part of her intestines with his bare hands. Not his human hands, his bare hands. Ugh. Welcome to Hostel, the fucking cult. Thoreau made another member, Gabrielle Lavalle stitch her up using needle and thread and had the other woman women shove a tube down her throat and blow i guess thinking they were doing putting, cpr yeah going to bring her back to life cuz i can't imagine she lived oh it gets believe it or not grosser so bulliard died surprising absolutely no one <laughs> the next day from the damage inflicted by the procedures I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. She died the next day. Oh yeah, she was alive. She for a was while. alive. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet baby angel. Mm-hmm. Why? Why you? Why did I do this to you? She had a stomach ache. Oh. She complained about having a stomach ache, Don't and he complain, was like, "Guys, keep your complaints to yourself." Better yet, 
Don't join a cult. Don't join a cult. Don't, Don't complain about your problems. Live with it internally like a good Irish person. Are you okay? I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Like she's not. I mean, no, she's dead. God. Oh. Uh, you know what? I need, a, I need some wine. I know I you do. This. I needed that. So she died the next day. But claiming to have the power of resurrection, Thoreau bore a hole into Bulliard's skull with a drill and then had other male members, along with himself... Please don't say what you're going to say. ...ejaculate into the cavity. God damn it! They, I knew it was coming! They I didn't want it! bukakied her bashed her bashed Skull. I never thought I'd save that phrase. <laughs> this is what podcasts are for. But, you know... You know, when I imagined where I'd be as an adult when I was a child, this just wasn't it. I was, yeah, I could honestly <laughs> say I could have gone the rest of my life without hearing that sentence, let alone saying it. So, um. So, when Bulliard inevitably did not return to life, her corpse was buried a short distance from the Ant Hill Kids commune. But wait, there's more. All right, so Gabrielle Lavaille, the woman who was forced to stitch her, stitch Bouillard's body back together, also underwent harsh treatment at the Ontario Commune during the late 80s. She suffered from welding torch burns to her genitals, a hypodermic needle breaking off in her back, and even eight of her teeth being forcibly removed. Lavaille attempted to escape from the Commune after Thoreau cut off parts of her breast and smashed her head in with the blunt side of an axe. The fact that this woman's alive is, like, insane. Wait, she's alive? Oh, yeah. So, uh, but upon her return, he removed one of her fingers with wire cutters, pinned her hand to a wooden table with a hunting knife, and, cherry on top, used a chainsaw to amputate her arm, her entire arm. How? She's still alive. She is still motherfucking alive. This bitch still kicking. Uh, are we sure she's... So she went to get the authorities. <laughs> oh, now she goes. Now she goes. Now she. Now the line has been crossed. Now that she doesn't have an arm, she goes to the authorities. I assume they, like, uh, cauterized it or something? Like... I fucking assume. I can't imagine her not dying from that. Yeah. Like, it's upsetting. All of this is upsetting. It's very upsetting. Uh, so in 1989, Thoreau oh was arrested for assault after Gabrielle Lavaille had fled the commune again and this time contacted the authorities. So she fled two times. She actually returned the first time, which just a poor broken soul. It's not like she got dragged back. She just came back. I know, but she probably was just so super fucked up and brainwashed. Yeah. Yeah. And probably thought, like, that something really bad was going to happen to her if she left. Yeah. That's what I assume. So this dissolved the Ant Hill kids. They are no more. Thank God. Authorities had long held suspicions against Thoreau's cult due to the particularly primitive living conditions of its members. Uh, But because the commune was officially registered as a church... Officials were legally unable to investigate the adults and could not do much except ensure the welfare of the children. So they would show up and, like, see the children were in bad living conditions and take them, but they couldn't do anything about the other adults still there. We should work on that law. Uh, but this is Canada, so it's their laws. Oh, fuck Canada. <laughs> yeah. This I is... thought we were the ones with, like, huge problems, but it turns out it's universal. Thank you for... 
proving that it's not just us. I mean, Americans are pretty bad. Americans we, are pretty bad. Americans like to put on a fucking show. Oh, We're God. showmans, all right? We're in a showmanship, and we want to, like, make a bang. Which, you Which know. was a poor choice of words. Oh, my God. I did not mean to do that. Oh, no. I was straight thinking, like, Charles Manson that whole time. I thought, show, rock music, you're fine. And then I said bang, and I immediately, yeah. my head immediately went to guns, and I was like, no, no, no. Nope. <clears throat> All right. So, Thoreau was found guilty of assault for the amputation of La Baye's arm and received a sentence of how many years? Just guess. I just really want you to guess. Uh, let's go with seven. Twelve. Twelve years. Twelve whole years for... Mutilation. Mutilating. And I'm I'm assuming that sounds like an attempted murder on Lavaille's part. He chainsawed her arm off. I, I don't know what possesses people to do this. So, yeah, this man got 12 years because, fuck it, it's 1989. What? Okay, so the vast majority of the cult's followers abandoned Thoreau after his arrest, which makes Good. sense. Good, you should have done it before then. Oh, wait, but during his imprisonment, he fathered another four children with remaining female members during conjugal visits. How do you get conjugal? Wow. Who? Because they were all his wives. Let's take it yeah. away. Who? Somebody needs to take his dick. How about that? How about that for mutilation? Motherfucker. Chop it off. Where are those laws? Lavey's report allowed further investigation into Thoreau's actions, exposing the wider abuses at the communes in Solange Bouillard's murder. In 1993, Thoreau pleaded guilty to second-degree murder for the death of Solange Bouillard and was sentenced to life imprisonment. So there Thank he got God. he got his just desserts. He got life imprisonment. Thank God. But Hopefully it actually is life, life. But still, I think he should have gotten life before then. Oh, 100%. He chainsawed a woman's arm off and had been torturing people for years. What the fuck? And, like, ugh, ugh, ugh. I okay. mean, don't get me wrong. Murder is the worst I thing guess, ever. I guess she's the only one who convicted him, but still. I just personally think, like, to murder someone is horrendous and awful. To torture a person is some next level shit. Like, that's that's pure evil. You know, it's one thing to, like, walk up and shoot a person or walk up and stab a person and, like, just go for death. Which, obviously, okay, awful. But to, like, take bits and pieces over time... And then yeah, that's, to damage them and make them live with it. Yeah, I think that's just a whole other level of evil. It really, really is. I completely agree. I've always felt that way, honestly. Yeah. I've always been, like, the kind of person where, like, if, if I were to experience a certain level of torture, I absolutely would probably be like, I wish they... Just killed me. Killed me before doing any of this. Yeah. Um. Okay. So... In 2000, Thoreau was transferred to Dorchester Penitentiary, which is a medium security prison. I don't know why specifically medium security. He should, in my opinion, be in a high security prison because this man is nuts. He should be in a fucking grave. Yeah. But anyways, that's in New Brunswick and I'm somewhere in Canada. I'm sorry, I don't have Canada memorized in my head. In 2002, Thoreau was rejected for parole. Thank God. He was considered too high a risk to reoffend, and he never applied again. 
In 2009, controversy over Thoreau made headlines again when he tried to sell his artwork on a United States-based website, because of course the United States has this, called murderauction.com. <laughs> which called itself a true crime auction house and was willing to sell some of Thoreau's drawings and poetry. I wonder if it's, like, we <laughs> like, didn't... what the fuck? We haven't heard about this before now, but I'm wondering if this is, like, huge in Canada. Like, it has to be, right? It has to be, like, Charles Manson level. level. The aunt, I would think. Aunt Hill kids. I know, this is, like, this is a nuts story. Like, this yeah. is a crazy-ass like, story. I feel like... Maybe America didn't hear about it because we're so full of ourselves, but, like... <laughs> Absolutely. Canada is like, this shit. <laughs> we were like, Charles Manson. They're like, but have you heard? Have you heard the news? <laughs> I hope I traumatized you today because that was my goal. Woof. <laughs> Woof. So, uh, yeah, he tried to sell his art online on an American-based website because why wouldn't America have that? They didn't, we hadn't the even heard of them, and we we're just like, yeah. oh, he killed some people? Dope. Let's go. Yeah. The Correctional Service of Canada prevented Thoreau's works from leaving the penitentiary, and the Correctional Service of Canada prevented any of his works from leaving the prison, so he wasn't ever able to successfully sell any of his work online. Good. And then the Canadian Federal Public Safety Minister at the time then wrote to the Correctional Service to be like, hey, I didn't realize that killers could benefit from work in prison like this. We should do something to stop that. Because he absolutely should not be benefiting for being a murderer. What the fuck? On February 26, 2011, 63-year-old Thoreau was found dead near his cell at the penitentiary. His cellmate, McDonald, pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Having already been serving a life in prison for a previous murder charge, McDonald had stabbed Thoreau in the neck with a shiv, walked to the guard station, handed them the weapon, and proclaimed, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up. That guy's my hero. (laughs) He's like, I'm already serving life. Fuck this guy. They were cellmates. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't I don't mean to jump the gun, but I love him. Right? Like, oh my god. Like he's just like, I'm fucking done with this asshole. <laughs> like Yeah. If another oh asshole god. who's serving life for like probably something horrible decides like this shit is worth it, you know you fucking bad. Oh my god. You know I your just, shit is gross. I just like how he did it. Walked over to the guards and was like, Here. I did it. I killed him. He sucks. Go collect that worth bag of garbage. Yeah, go collect that garbage because no one fucking wants it. Mm-hmm. No one wants it. Yikes. I wish I knew what had led him to that point. Mm-hmm. Like, what had brought him to be like, you know what? Who Fuck hurt this guy. you? I just want to know. Oh, you want? You mean like the cellmate? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure he was saying some, like, stupid nonsense. Oh, my God. I bet he was just like, I am just sick of you. Maybe he was trying to create his own, like, in-prison cult. Oh, I bet. Which I'm sure has got to be such a common thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, I think, um, I, at least I assume, based on my very limited knowledge, that people like that, cult leaders, think they have this power because they're able to influence others. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that that shit just goes away. No, absolutely so not. So to be put in your place, wouldn't he wouldn't think that that would happen to him. That's what I assume. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are sociopaths. 
And they believe they can talk their way out of anything. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them believe the things they say. Like, they convince themselves of it, you know? Mm-hmm. That or they're just really convincing. I don't know. All right. I want to hear your story. Okay. Um. Well, mine does not have torture, thank God. Um. Here we go. So, I'm going to talk to you about a cult that has no actual name. Oh. It's called the Matamoros, Matamoros, my bad, Matamoros cult just because it's from Matamoros, Mexico. That's where it lived. It, it lived. The That's cult. where it lived. Okay. They lived in Mexico, which seems appropriate for me to be drinking tequila. Um, it was also known as the cult with no name, and some people called it the Believers, which I will get to. Okay. Um, but this one starts out interesting enough with a missing persons case. So a missing persons case is how this cult came to life. So a student named Mark Kilroy, he was from Santa Fe, Texas, and he and a group of his friends, uh, they were going to go party in Mexico because that's apparently what you do when you're in Santa Fe, Texas. It's so close by. You can just go 30 minutes and go party. Just have your passport on you and go party in Mexico. Exactly. Um, so they went out, uh, it's summer in college, and one night when they go out with their friend, where he goes out with his friends, he goes missing. So this is a group of people where they said that this guy, Mark Kilroy, he'd been there before. He had talked to locals. Some people had even come up to him and been like, oh, hey, you know, hi, nice to see you again. And he got into conversations and that was pretty normal. So somebody had come up to him before and talked to him and nobody thought much of it. And one of his friends went to go pee and then came back to join the group and he, Mark Kilroy, wasn't there anymore. And everybody was just like, oh, he'll show up in the morning, you know, or he'll show up a little later in the night. But he didn't. He didn't show up at all the next day. And... It was originally treated as a routine missing persons case because they're college students. They're thinking like, oh, he's probably just sleeping it off. But after more time passed, everybody realized this was not just a college kid that got too drunk one night and there was probably foul play involved to the point where both sides of the border were like, something's going on. Okay. They get involved with uh, Donald Wells. He's on the U.S. Consul. And he was contacted so that a description of Kilroy could start circulating through jails and hospitals to see if, like, maybe he was arrested, maybe he was hospitalized, something to try and find him. But there was nothing. They even brought in a hypnotist because they had nothing at all. They had zero leads. They thought there was foul play. They had nowhere to go. They're like, let's get a hypnotist involved, see if they can help because we're grasping at straws right okay. now. Yeah. So a hypnotist gets involved and talks to one of Kilroy's friends who's actually able to help him recover a memory of that night. What year is this? Um, I think it was the 80s. Okay, I'm going to say the 80s is, I feel like, when hypnotherapy was, like, all the rage. Yeah. So that checks out. <laughs> so she's able to help him recover a memory from that night. I guess he was blackout drunk or some shit. Of him talking to a his- young Hispanic man with a cut on his face. So that's a memory that they get, but it really doesn't get them anywhere closer to this guy. 
At this point, the parents get involved. They offer a $15,000 reward to anybody who has any information about their missing son. Because they are desperate and they want to find him. They put together like 10,000 pamphlets. And the case was even featured on America's Most Wanted. They went above and beyond to find their kid. This makes me so sad. I know. This one's like, it's pretty depressing. It wasn't until three weeks after this kid went missing that they got a lucky break. So Mexico and the U.S. had basically set up a bust on the border, like a drug intake uh, line, essentially. Um, What did I call it? Oh, a drug investigation on the border. Basically, like they they set up a bunch of people on the border, both U.S. and Mexico. They're like, no fucking drugs. We're done with this shit. We're done with your bullshit. We are done. We don't want this shit happening no more. You hear us? And it was like 1,200 like officers in one spot. They had helicopters. They had like trucks. They had everything they could possibly. They got that Paw Patrol. Yeah. They, they used all their fucking resources, and they're like, woof, woof, motherfuckers. I just imagine, like, the little dogs from Paw Patrol, like, <laughs> busting drags. Oh, yeah, woof. Like, no. woof, woof, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so they actually end up taking in a man named Serafin Hernandez, who refused to stop at their uh, border because he had a lot of drugs. Like you do. Like you do. And he didn't want to get caught, but then he did because he was trying not to get caught and he was dumb. Anyway, he leads them, the Seraphim, he leads them back to a ranch. And all of this is kind of coming forward in a strange way. Like, it's not like they brutally inter- interrogated him to get this information. It's like they brought him in. He was like, ah, oh, fuck. All right, fine. Here, come to my ranch. We have a shit ton of drugs. And... The Hernandez family was actually pretty famous in Mexico because they were one of the bigger cartel families. And he takes them back to the ranch where they discover 250,000 pounds of marijuana. 250,000 pounds. Yes. A insane amount of marijuana. And at this point, it had become routine during any investigation that they ever had or any encounters that they had with other people. It has become routine to show the picture of Mark Kilroy and say, have you seen this person? So they do it with the ranch head. Ranch head. Ranch hand. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> he calmly responds. He's just like, oh, yeah, I've seen that guy. He's all over the news. Yeah, I used to feed him in that hut over there. What? hmm What? About 400 yards away is like a shed, a shack. A hut. A hut. Yeah. And they're, he gives it up so calmly and so nonchalantly that they're just like, I'm, I'm sorry, you did what? He's like, oh, yeah, I brought him food before he was killed. And, we were, and they're just like, whoa, 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 wait, hang on. He's what? killed? What the hell? So then they go to Seraphin Hernandez and they ask him, uh, have you seen this boy? And they hold up Mark Kilroy's picture, to which he calmly responds like, oh, yeah, he's all over the news. I kidnapped him. He's buried over there. Why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why, what, how, I need answers. Yeah. I have more questions than what I began with. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like he thought he was untouchable. They have a lot to bring him in on. While they have him in custody, they're like, and this is like a couple months later, like after he had already been brought in and like days later, they're just like, okay, I'm going to need you to show me the body. 
And he just goes, which body? And they're getting frustrated. They're like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean, which body? You just told us the other day. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Let me clarify. There are so many bodies. I'm going to need you to specify which one. To which the investigator says, all of them. I want to see all the bodies. Seraphin takes him back to the ranch. And uh, the results are actually filmed. So you can actually go and watch a video of this where Seraphin takes these cops to the ranch, points at these shallow graves, and is like, that's Jeremy, I don't know his last name, that's blah, 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 that's this guy. And then he's like, can I have a sandwich? Like mid, he's telling people where all these, or he's telling the federales where all these bodies are buried. And you're like, wait, 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 can I, can I get a sandwich? Like I'm parched. Why wasn't this in Breaking Bad? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, okay. <laughs> like he genuinely thinks like he's not going to get in trouble. He's just like, there's, there's nothing wrong with this. So they found 23 corpses on this property and come to find out that most of them are mutilated usually with a machete is how it was done um some were shot some were hanged and some were burned a lot of them had been disfigured with their hearts ripped out their ears eyes testicles removed this they is were, still a cult story this is a cult story and you I'm said there was there. no mutilation oh no i said there was no torture because technically what they would do is kill them first okay Usually. Then they find Kilroy. Kilroy had been taken out and killed with a machete to the neck. His legs were amputated at the knees and his brain was removed from his skull. Why? Why? Oh, I'll get there. (laughs) Also, the way that they had found him was there was a coat hanger sticking out of the ground. And when the cops asked, what is that for? They said, oh, we put it through his vertebrae so that when he completely decomposed, we could pull it out and El Padrino could wear it as a necklace. So now we're introduced to a character called El Padrino, right? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. This doesn't sound real. It's, it is fucking real, man. So they go into the hut and they're immediately assaulted by the smell of rotting flesh and find what looks like a witchcraft ritual. Um, there is blood smeared all over the floors. There are still glowing candles. There are urns with congealed blood, human hair, and animal parts. There's an iron kettle that's filled with iron and wooden spikes with a charred human brain and a roasted turtle. So, surprise, surprise, we found Mark Kilroy's brain. A poor turtle. Yep, a roasted turtle. There's also a blood-caked machete and hammer and an oil drum that appeared to be where victims were boiled. Yeah. The police obviously want answers. They're like, why? He immediately responds with, El Padrino. We're doing this for El Padrino. Like, he's at the center of all this. And he even, like, gives up, like, four other people that are involved in this case. Like, he just openly gives testimony because he thinks they're untouchable. Why? So, El Padrino was the head of this cult he practiced something um that was that has been compared to voodoo and um compared to santeria it's basically been called the dark side of santeria which isn't 100 accurate but um it's called palo meombe it's like a mixture of voodoo and african gods that 
came from the Congo. And just to put it out there, the whole Palo Miombe is not all evil. It's, for the most part, they do sacrifice animals, but it has never been involved in, like, killing people. This guy was a killer, and he used it for dark purposes. And the reason that he did this is at a young age, which, by the way, this guy, his name is Adolfo Constanos. Oh, is that right? Costanos. Yeah. Contanzos. Anyway, Adolfo, his mother practiced Palo Miobe. He was grown up around it his entire life um, in Miami. She even took him to um, a priest, and he said that he had this power, and he was going to be the most powerful Palo Miobe practicer that the world has ever seen. So he's basically growing up hearing that he's like the messiah of this crazy witchcraft-like performance, and he believes it. People started hearing about him and using him for things like protection. So the cartel became um, some of his clients. He came to Mexico, and he started building, like, a client base, essentially. Um, he had a this one girl who followed him that we'll talk about more in a minute. Her name was Sarah Alderte. And um, she basically introduced him to the Hernandez family. He got involved with the cartel. He got involved with government officials, movie stars, even Interpol. Like, this guy was big time. He put on this huge show. And it started out kind of smaller where he was sacrificing animals, you know, for, like, luck or for money or whatever. And it just escalated because you know when people say the same see the same shit over and over again they start to think you're full of it and the cartel is hardcore as fuck yeah they're offering a shit ton of money and they're like you can basically be our priest and be our god and we will follow you and we will believe you and he had them so convinced like if he if he, he wanted the family to be strong he would say go out there and find a muscular man kill him i'll wear his muscles and this will make your family stronger So they would do that. For youth, he sent them out to find a young boy and kill him to keep the family young. But so the first young boy that they brought back, the story's fucked up. (laughs) Just so you're just so you're prepared. It's already fucked up. It's already fucked up, but it's going to get more so. He said, um, bring me a young boy. We'll keep it and we'll keep the family youthful. We'll bless everyone with youth. They bring him back and the boy is sobbing. He's crying hysterically because obviously. And they're like. He's just like, the gods aren't going to want this because he's crying. Just kill him and throw him away. So they kill him and throw him away. Like, they don't even use him for anything. They just kill the boy. Why didn't they just return him? Nope. Can't do that. Why? Who fucking knows? Because he's fucking crazy. Anyway, so he sends him out and he's like, go find a young boy as fast as you can. First one you can find. So there is a 14-year-old kid looking for their lost sheep from their farm. And they get him. They use him for the ritual. And think everything's great, only to find out that it was a boy from only a couple miles down the road. And it turned out to be Seraphin's nephew. Like, he killed his own nephew. He didn't even realize? He didn't even realize because they didn't look at his face. They, he literally, they brought him in and Aldolfo just chopped off his head without ever looking at his face. Just completely beheaded him and didn't think anything of it. And it wasn't until much later that they found out that it was his nephew. And he didn't even care. 
It was his family. Well, his family cared. They looked for him for weeks. Yeah, he's a psycho. Of course he didn't care. Yeah. I mean, well, Seraphin didn't care. Like, Adolfo obviously didn't care. Wasn't they it thought... Seraphin's son? It was, Ser- it was Seraphin's nephew. Wait, Seraphin wait, wait, Hernandez wait. is, like, the drug guy that they caught who led oh, him to Adolfo. I got Seraphin confused with Sarah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, sorry. They're, the names are similar. I get why. That would okay. be a thing. But, no, it was uh, Seraphin's nephew that oh, uh, that he killed. Um, and then, of course, to he wanted to make the group smarter, so they wanted the brain of a medical student or someone or a lawyer, and that's where Mark Kilroy came in. Oh, my God. So he was picked because of his major in college, and they took him. They took out his brain. They did this whole ritual with it to make them smarter, and then Hernandez leaves them all to their fucking station wait so how did they take him and why do they think they're untouchable so that's the thing is like he had these people so brainwashed like it was a cult they went out they would dress up as police officers and they would go out and find whoever they wanted that's how they got mark kilroy's they dressed up as police officers and were saying that you're being arrested for public intoxication and that's how they got him he attempted to run away they caught him and then brought him back and killed him. And they would do anything that this guy said because they had convinced themselves that they seen it work. And this guy, Aldolfo, was this charismatic leader who just yeah. completely brainwashed them into thinking, like, if you do this, you're untouchable. Like, you will be impervious to bullets. The law can't touch you. You're going to be smarter. You're going to be wealthier. All this stuff. Like, when he first got involved with his family, it was like an up-and-coming drug cartel family. And then they got this guy involved because of Sarah. All of a sudden, they go on the rise. And Adolfo convinces them it's because of his work. So they were so convinced that they were untouchable that they led the police straight to him because they're like, nothing's going to happen. Adolfo's done this ritual. We're untouchable. Nobody can hurt us. Like, Seraphin lifted up his shirt and showed, like, all these markings on him from, like, people who had fought back. And he was like, this is what marks me. Like, this is what makes me unkillable and untouchable. What? Crazy nutso people. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just bananas. Mm Mm-hmm. That is full bananas. Mm Mm-hmm. And Sarah Alderte, woof, this girl led a double life. She... Uh, went to school in Texas, and she was, like, an honors student. She was part of all these clubs. She was friendly. She was always invited to things. She had a shit ton of friends. And then she would come over to Matamoros and live this whole other life where she is just a part of this cult, and she's completely drawn to it. And it wasn't until after she had been pointed to, like, Seraphin Hernandez pointed at her or like pointed her out. He was one of the people that he pulled into this and was like, oh, yeah, she's part of the cult. Thinking like, oh, she's untouchable, just like the rest of us. And everybody except her was like, oh, yeah, we're part of it. We helped kill these people. And she's like, nope, no, nope, not me. And she called her school and was like, I will no longer be attending. I need to deal with some personal matters. Yeah. And didn't start going to school anymore. And it wasn't until her name came out in the papers that people were like, oh, well, we actually noticed these red flags, but we didn't say anything because she didn't seem serious. Like, she went to a party and put on this movie called The Believers, starring Steve Martin, where it's all about... um cult sacrifice it like human sacrifices in order to become famous and in order to become rich and it is a movie that they showed to all of the cult members and basically convinced them that it was like real 
So that's why they got called The Believers is because they were so obsessed with this movie and they had to watch it over and over and over and over again. So she shows it at a college party and then proceeds to stand up and start raving about the occult and all the benefits of it, which everybody thought, oh, she's just doing this to freak us out. What a crazy person. Yeah. These people are nuts. I know. Um, so. They are just banana nut bread. So now the hunt is on to find El Padrino because he's not with everybody else. And everybody in this group, separate from each other, was all like, oh, yeah, we did it for El Padrino. That's our boy. Like, we did it for him. He's the one who told us to do this. And they're like, how convenient. He's not here. So the police are trying to find him. And they come up with a kind of brilliant idea. Yeah? Where they publicly burn that shack to the ground. Mm. And they bring in a healer to... Uh, consecrate the land and bless it and they leave crosses all over it Mm. and it actually worked it pissed off Adolfo because he saw it he saw it on the tv he saw it on the news and it drove him mad he pulled out a gun and started shooting randomly at like random passers-by he would burn money over a stove he threw coins out of the window like just as he was completely enraged and went completely psycho but he still had his group and the cops were going to find him now they were on their way and Adolfo used his final pull to convince one of the few cult members that hadn't been brought in yet to shoot him and his boyfriend he said if you don't do it you're gonna pay for it in the afterlife and so he convinced this guy to unload a machine gun on him and his boyfriend before the cops could get him. Or that's what the guy who shot him story was. No, they found him. They found his body because they came. Like literally, the police were there when this happened. Okay, so they heard him tell him to kill. him? No, they didn't hear him tell him to kill him. That's but, what like, I mean. Like they don't know. There's, for certain. there's like three other. There's three other cult members in this room with him and his boyfriend, and all of them said like, "This is what he asked us to do." Except for Sarah, who was like. I was pulled into all of this. It's completely crazy. Like, they forced me to do this. And I heard this, or I read this comment that she, or that someone said, was that, like, the witch, Sarah, that was talking to us or the student? And he's just like, I think it's the witch. (laughs) So that's the crazy fucking cult of Matamoros, Mexico. It's some bonkers shit, ritual human sacrifice. And a huge part of this is really fucked up is um, the kid, the nephew, who was killed. His parents came forward after everything and they put out a comment and they said, our son probably never would have been found in these other bodies and all these other people probably never would have been figured out. And this cult would still be going if a white boy hadn't gotten kidnapped. Because nobody looked into the deaths of all these Mexican people. It was just because this white kid... Went missing. White college student. White, good college boy went missing that the cops got involved and they were able to find Adolfo. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a fucked up cult. It's a real fucked up cult. It's nuts. And some people are believed to, like, still continue his practices or whatever, which... Well, didn't his practices technically exist 
before oh, they, then, but they it was just a, with animal sacrifice instead of human. Right, but it's believed that, like, some of his – because basically the people that were brought in, it was, like, I think seven people total, and they were like, yeah, we run everything. But this is, like, the Hernandez family, and they – like – 250,000 pounds of marijuana. There's no way that it's these seven people taking care of this business. Yeah. So it's very much believed that the there are other people who were involved in this that were never brought in and still practice Adolfo's specific method of teaching, Palo Miambe, which is not an inherently bad practice, but this one person made it the worst it could possibly be. Well, didn't the original practice you say involve animal sacrifice? Yeah, but not human sacrifice. Yeah, I still consider animal sacrifice to be inherently bad. Oh, it's still awful. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's it's mm, it's not copacetic, but it's also not killing people. True. That's some voodoo hoodoo bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's I don't even have words. I don't even know how to go into that. Yeah. What the shit? It's pretty jarring. That is pretty jarring. Crap. We both chose very dramatic stories. Yeah. Oh, man. And then we almost went with something easy peasy like Solar Temple. Oh, yeah, because that's so simple. I mean, you know, just, you know, killing people, sometimes against their will, sometimes because they want it. Just, you know. Also, uh, the stabbing of the baby with the wooden stake. You don't know about that part? They did not cover that part, no. Holy shit, that was like the first thing I found out. I was like, what? Yeah, no, okay, so before the mass suicides and, like, murders, um, and before they had their, like, last supper, they murdered two of their members as a married couple and their infant son, and so what happened was they were all stabbed to death, but the infant son was stabbed repeatedly with a wooden stake. The, one of the cult leaders, I forgot his name, it's D-something... I always want to say DiMaggio, but it's not DiMaggio. <laughs> it's like something else. He uh, outwardly told the other members that he demanded that they kill the baby with a wooden stake because he believed it was the Antichrist and that it was going to stop him from being able to do his holy duties. And part of his basis for why he believed this particular infant was the Antichrist was he was upset that the parents named their child after one of his children because he believed his children were demigods. Yeah, I do know that. Yeah, it was like Emmanuel or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so... And then a few days after that, they did the Last Supper and the mass suicides and all that. But the other cult leader... I always want to call him Jorah. That's not his name. Unless I'm, like, reading the notes in front of me, I, like, don't remember anyone's names. But the other leader, the one who was the doctor... Mm-hmm. They were already losing members at that point because he got arrested for trying to buy three pistols with silencers. He, like, got publicly, like, discredited or whatever. And the, the cult was going down the drain at the time. So I guess they were like, all right, well, this is a doomsday cult. Time for doomsday. Yep. We're all gonna... Time to off yourself before suicide. shit goes bad. That's one thing I was really surprised about with um, the Ant Hill kids. They did not commit mass suicide or murder, um, even though they were a doomsday cult. And usually doomsday cults, that's, that's how that goes. They just torture each other. They just apparently. disbanded. Well, the thing is, is that the doomsday already passed and had continued on for like another 10 years. 
So I guess it was a little difficult for him to convince them when the student's day was happening. This guy must have been terrifying to keep He all these must people. have been horrifying. Like I don't I don't understand it, but yeah. Man. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our crazy cult stories. Yep. They got real dark. <laughs> real dark, real fast, but you know what? That's cults for you. That's cults for you. Cults freak me out in the sense that, like, the fact that someone can control so many people like that and convince and brainwash people like that, it's terrifying. It, it is. freaks me out. I hate it. I told you about that one creepypasta I read years ago that, like, freaked me out. It's really short. Mm-hmm. But it was like this guy was uh, driving down a thin two-lane road in the middle of nowhere, of course, and uh, he got to a stop where there was three bodies in the road, and um, he said something about it. it seemed really off. Yeah, 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 I remember Yeah, this. and there was super tall grass on either side of the car, and he didn't want to drive off into the tall grass because he wouldn't have been able to see And so he instead carefully maneuvered between the bodies and just zoomed off because he just did not want to get out of his car. And he saw in his rearview mirror the three people in the road stand up and a shit ton of people come out from the tall grass. Yeah, screw that. Yeah, I remember reading that and I got like chills. I was just like, (gasps) like how horrifying. Well, thanks for joining us for Crazy Cults. Next week, we will be doing... Our drunk episode, right? I thought we weren't doing that, because Wednesday... Oh, we're not doing that until next Friday. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. I had to come up with something that scares me. I thought you had what... I thought you, I thought you said it was demons. Or like demons. It's demons! Or demonology or something. It's demons! We're doing demons next week. We're doing demons next week. So if you have any demon stories... Feel free to share them in the Discord with everyone. Also, feel free to email us at podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, we live stream these episodes every Wednesday on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So Ish. Ish. <laughs> so if you want to ever watch us record these lives, feel free to follow on Twitch. Yeah. And I think that's all. Well, thank you for hanging out with us. Hopefully we didn't creep you out too bad or bum you out. But it's Um, okay because you got to keep it creepy. You got to keep it creepy, guys. (laughs) Till next time. Music by freestockmusic.com.